0: Welcome to the Cedarville Stories Podcast. Bubbly, energetic, positive, visionary, Kim Algram is a dynamo. As director of The Cove, the university's academic enrichment center, she and her staff have created an environment where students can be themselves and share the challenges they are facing academically, personally, and spiritually. Kim's kind and welcoming personality quickly puts students and anyone else she encounters at ease. Enjoy this welcoming conversation with Mark and Kim.
1: Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories Podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, your host, and if you haven't heard the news, the Cedarville Stories Podcast has surpassed 20,000 downloads. That's a significant number, and the podcast team is so appreciative to you for faithful listening to our programs. We know you enjoy hearing the various stories that we get to share with you each week. Today's program should be filled with great energy and vision. That's because I'm talking with Kim Algram, the director of the Cove at Cedarville University. In 2016, Kim was the recipient of the Member of the Year Award by the National Tutoring Association for her leadership of the university's Academic Enrichment Center. And I should say in 2011, she was Cedarville University's Staff Member of the Year. Kim, welcome to the program. It's great to have you in studio today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Mark. I know Sign when
1: in. I know when we get together, uh, <laughs> you know, you never know what you're going to get, this and that's true. what I'm thinking is going to happen today in the in the program. But let me throw you a softball question because I know you want something easy to begin with. Uh, for our listeners who do not know about the Cove, can you explain what the Cove is and what it does?
2: Sure. The Cove is Cedarville University's Academic Enrichment Center. So a lot of universities have something like this. But what we do is we combine several departments for everything from courses to tutoring. So like last year, we did 3,400 hours of tutoring. We have 200 students that work for us. So it's a big operation, but a lot of fun.
1: But when you say tutoring, in some people's minds, they may think, oh, it's the students who are having difficulty, who maybe aren't the brightest Mm. in in their class, but that's Mm -hmm. not the case.
2: Correct. In fact, so many students need to keep their scholarship money. Good point. And so the A students are coming in to get tutoring just to have that keep their GPA up.
1: Yeah, and that speaks to the dedication in the academic quality of our students.
2: Right, well you know our number one student who comes to the Cove is the AB student from high school because they really didn't have to study so then they get to college and the rigor is different and they have to ramp it up and that's why we're there.
1: Yeah, you guys Love my job. I I know you do and the campus knows you do too and so you you are the perfect person to be in that role and that leads me to this question because you're actually one of the founders of this uh, program, the Cove. So how did it begin? Tell us that interesting story.
2: Oh, it's a great story. So Pam Johnson was the one, Dr. Pam Johnson, who actually got this position as a full-time position. And when we started, we were brand new. We had no budget, really didn't have a name, didn't know our mission, vision, anything. So the first year, we just spent the time reading and interviewing students. We had brainstorming sessions, really fun ones, and saying instead of us designing the program we went to the students and say what do you need what do you yeah. want what would you come to and the number one thing they said is don't give us one program fits all give us like these touch points and then let us choose what will fit yeah. us and then they also said can you give it a fun name oh like, good we don't want to go to the it was academic Assistance center so we said we called it the cove
1: why and why did you call it the cove
2: well, you know that feeling when you're on walking on a beach and you're on vacation and mm. you can completely be yourself? We, that's how we want people to feel when they come into the Cove. It's just like they can be authentic. They can talk to us about anything that's going on with their academics or even to their relationship with God. So mm. it's this engaging place, and we were able to design uh, our facility and everything. So it was pretty, pretty exciting time for us.
1: But right now your facility is the is in this in the BTS. Right. But it didn't start there. No. Wasn't it in Callan?
2: It was in Callan and we were with all the coaches in uh, the one of the hallways in Callan and we had so much fun with the coaches. They just we had three offices in there, three people, and we just had a grand time with them. They embraced us and into their community and yeah. We were there for a few years and yeah. then we were able to have the facility in the bts
1: and you have a beautiful facility in the bts so who was your favorite coach when back in those days
2: okay so kirk martin was (laughs) always jumping around corners to scare me yeah so uh we actually had a very funny relationship he he wanted to make sure he could scare me and that i would scream bloody murder so he he was a lot of fun to work with.
1: But but with Kirk, uh, he always kept the main thing the main thing. right?
2: <laughs> this is true. Yeah, true.
1: <laughs> so um, in the in your life in your professional life, uh, I'm sure you've had challenges. Uh, what challenges did you have as early in your career that have led you to be successful today?
2: Yeah, the the thing that first comes to my mind is that. I think I face a lot of insecurity about like, especially I was 40 when I took over the role of the director of the Cove. And I was questioning like, can I do this? Am I good enough for this? Will I be able to help students? And I really, it was God who really helped me. I had to believe the truth about the things that he had brought me through to that point that that he prepared me for this position. And so I had to gain that confidence. And I still kind of struggle with it once in a while, but it's that. But then professionally with the Cove, we, w- we were in Callen and we were growing. And one of the the things that, and I remember telling administrators this, and they really heard this story, is that the strongest kids on campus, students on campus, were also in with the students who were the weakest, the ones with who were in wheelchairs or so you would see a student sitting outside the office to talk to someone in disability services in a wheelchair and along comes this big strappy you know basketball player and they both felt uncomfortable it was just an awkward situation and i was so grateful to the administration that they saw the growth they saw the need right and to create a space that was welcoming yeah
1: yeah when you talk about insecurity i understand i mean i think insecurity even among professionals on campus is real but 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 there's a spiritual lesson there, and and, yes. and Jesus says to fear not, and because I, I think insecurity comes from fear, and He tells us not to fear mm-hmm. and to trust Him, and it's something that I struggle with. You know, I, I I'm I'm very insecure at times, and uh, so I appreciate you being. Vulnerable. You never seem
2: like that to me. Oh
1: my goodness. <laughs> so so I'm talking with Kim Algram, the director of the Cove at Cedarville University, and Kim, how have you been able to see your work and the work of your team impact students through the Cove? Whether it's academically, personally, however.
2: Yeah, I, I think really where my mind goes with that question is the importance of team and that we all have the same mission. And that is to support students academically, but as we, as we reach students, we just don't focus on that academic piece. Yeah. We have to look at them holistically, what's going on in their life, what's going on at home. And nine times out of 10, there is something, if you see a student with a low GPA or struggling with grades, there's something else going on there. So our team is invested in not just throwing an academic tool at them, but really it's about relationship and caring. Yeah. If we didn't have that piece, I don't think students would yeah. come to us.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think students, anyone wants to know that they're being listened to that they're cared for, right. and that's what, that's really at the at the core of what you're doing, right? I think so. Yeah, so because of that, this just hit me, um, you have to be really popular with the students. In fact, your host your host staff must be popular with the students. So with that said, you guys get invited to a lot of weddings?
2: <laughs> we actually do. We've been to weddings, we've been invited to funerals, we've been to student funerals, families. Yeah. I mean, we've done, yes.
1: I can see it because of the relationships.
2: Yes. Um, and, you know, even we do a lot of stuff together outside of the office. We just yeah. uh, are buying tickets to go to a Broadway show in a few months together. So it's, it's not just the relationships that we have with students, but the relationship that we have together yeah. is really strong. And I think that's important to have that we trust each other because the stories that we deal with are re- there's some really difficult stories, even just this week of sad things that are going on in families' yeah. lives.
1: Now, back when I was in college, I yes. didn't go to Cedarville, I went to another Christian college. I could have used something like the <laughs> Coke. I was a terrible student. Were you? Oh, my goodness.
2: See, I was the student like, I'm not going to ask for help. I can do this. I can do it by myself. So I, if there was something, I probably would have never even asked to help.
1: And that was my problem. <laughs> I thought I could do it too, and yes. I sure, I sure <laughs> struggled. But uh, as we move on to the podcast, Kim, uh, mm-hmm. the topic of leadership is of great interest to you. Uh, Why is the topic so important to you? And how do you lead your team?
2: When I was getting my master's, I took this class called Group Dynamics. And I just loved it because it made me understand the importance of leadership when you're leading a group, whatever that is, whether it's a community group, a church group, or at, at Cedarville. And to me, it can't be... I don't know the best word to describe it but we're all on the same level we all we all talk to each other um any idea is open we everything goes through the mission and the vision of the cove and what we say our objectives are but i want them to have the freedom to talk to me about whatever is going on and and face whatever issue we need to um face together i don't know if that answers your question
1: no that's it's good but let's let's stay on the topic of leadership There have been several people in your Cedarville experience that have impacted your life significantly. One of those individuals was Pat Bates. Yes. How did the Lord use Pat to dramatically change the direction of your life? There's a story there.
2: Right. Um, Pat Bates is, she was my really my first boss at Cedarville. And she actually invited me to lunch. I didn't even know her. She was the Dean of Women. I thought, why is the Dean of Women asking me to lunch?
1: You're in trouble. Uh, Yes,
2: I actually felt in trouble. (laughs) I knew I didn't do anything wrong. So over lunch, she asked me to be the Resident Director of Printy. And I chuckled because I I thought she was joking. You know, I was just a few years older than the college students at this point. And she was serious. She wanted me to be the RD. And I, said, I can't, I can barely take care of myself. I'm going to take care of several hundred students. So I came back later. She kept saying, I, I think she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I accepted that position and it changed the way, it changed my life, becoming the resident director and even how I lead.
1: Yeah, but you, you wouldn't be working in Cedarville without Pat Bates.
2: Exactly amazing amazing woman she well, told me a lot about boundaries too
1: i shouldn't say you wouldn't be because who knows what the lord would have done <laughs> true, 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 true. but that was your entry point yes and you yes. never thought or did you think that cedarville would be the place where you would spend your entire career
2: the first year i was resident director I knew I never wanted to leave higher education. Okay. I fell in love with college students and this time that's so transformational. When they come on campus as a freshman to the moment they walk across the stage, yeah. that change that happens and to be along for that ride is yeah. pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it's enjoyable to see. It is, and um, it just the the journeys our our students or college students in general that they can make in those four years, or for my, my case, five years, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's remarkable. So as Pat Bates and others invested in you, Kim, how are you trying to invest in your colleagues and the current students at Cedarville?
2: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I, you know, I have been highly involved with students, I, mentoring. Yeah. I don't like the word mentoring, but having these conversations over coffee or Chick-fil-A, I mean, even I just saw a student on on my way here and we're going to meet today. She said, can we meet? I said, yeah, Yeah. we're going to meet today and and talk about things that are going on in in her life. So I think it's important for me to be asking those questions and, and coming alongside them. And that's the same thing for the team, too. You know, life is hard life's been really hard especially the past couple of years so Absolutely. i think it's my job to be checking on every one of my uh everybody on the team to make sure they're okay and yeah. have a strong team i yeah. mean they're amazing but i think we always have to be investing
1: you know you mentioned it's been a tough couple of years and that made i wasn't going to ask this question but it hit me just when you said that is have you seen how COVID has impacted students uh, over the last year and a half, two years? Yes, how, yes. How, how has it impacted students?
2: There's a lot more anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of paralyzing them. And so we're seeing them come into the Cove because they, they're they fearful of getting bad grades. They're fearful of, you know, am I going to choose the wrong major? And I've not seen this type of level of anxiety before. Yeah. I think after... Uh, I think things are starting to uh, get better, but that first year was was pretty tough yeah. but they're reaching out the you know the research says that this generation doesn't want to reach out for services, but we're seeing the opposite at oh. Cedarville. Our numbers have grown from the very beginning and even have even grown in the past year or two
1: yeah, I think um what you're seeing uh, uh, affirms at least in my mind that We are made, the Lord has created us for community. And when community is taken away from us, there's drastic implications. And you're seeing some of that here at Cedarville.
2: Absolutely. So it's even more important that all of us at Cedarville, staff, faculty, engage with students at that level of community.
1: Good point. Kim, your faith journey starts with family, including your grandfather and your parents. When did you meet Jesus and really dedicate your life to him?
2: I was about nine years old and all my all my family were believers. And yeah. and we went to Mooney Bible Institute for Founders Week. And Founders Week oh, is, great. do you know about it? Yeah. So they bring in pastors and teachers and they have great music. Right. I was there as a child and I knew something was very special and dynamic. And, and, and this was my family too, but it just ramped up to a whole nother level that night i went home talked to my dad and and he unpacked to make sure i understood really what the the gospel cuz i right. i knew that's what i wanted and right. so we talked about the love of christ my sin the world's sin mm-hmm. and what christ did on the cross his death and resurrection and i knew well i prayed that night confess my sin and believe yeah. but i knew that day that it was going to be a lifetime. It was going to impact my lifetime. I didn't know how, but it certainly has. But even as a child, that day has, I can't imagine where my life would have gone had I not made that decision in my life.
1: So um, let's let's move to talking okay. about your dad. So your yeah. dad uh, passed away several years ago. Uh, and as difficult as that was, and I believe it was like the day after Thanksgiving. It was. Uh, You saw how God provided for your family. What did you see and experience um, during that time?
2: It was really rough. We were all together. He died the day after Thanksgiving. He was like this. He was the leader of our family. Was he young? He was 64 when he died. Okay. So um, it just really rocked our world. Sure. And you know what's so beautiful about the community of Cedarville, the the group that I was with, working with, when we flew back from the funeral. We were driving back. It was late. It was dark. We're, walking, we're driving down the road, and we're like, Wait, what's going on with our house? Right. We look at our house, and we drive up, and here the staff, my friends, my colleagues- At Cedarville. At Cedarville, okay. had, um, and and friends from the community, had decorated our entire house like with lights and greenery and red ribbons, and they had a glorious Christmas tree ready to be decorated. They brought loads of food and meals and- even gave me a, a a gift certificate to plant a tree in memory of of my dad i mean right. the love that we felt and and i remember even dick walker coming to the house just bringing this glorious honey baked ham to us because he wanted to do something loving isn't that a dick walker moment that's a moment? dick walker moment yes
0: um
1: thanks for sharing about your dad now just recently a few years ago your grandfather also passed away and I want you to tell the story about what your grandfather did for his life. He was a founding member or founder Founder. of the Iwana ministry. Right. Talk about your grandfather and and what he did and then his impact in your life.
2: You know, I didn't really understand it as a child because we were just always a part of that. But he began along with Doc Latham, who was the pastor at the church. They started this program. It was a program that they were trying to reach the kids of Chicago. Yeah. He had to, he didn't have the vision at that point of where Awana was going to go. He right. was just trying to Im- meet an immediate need, and so he created this creative program to help reach kids under like let's have fun, but let's reach, let's share the gospel at the same time, right. and then you know in my lifetime even uh, the crazy thing is on vacations that we would go with him he was exactly the same he would create these fun games for us <laughs> and yeah. um he'd talk about the gospel we'd watch videos with him so he was who he was as a leader was who who he was with you know with family yeah. but you know they live very simply he gave a lot of money away but that's who he was. He he came, he was an immigrant from Norway. He? And uh, so he just loved the Lord with every being. You couldn't be with him for more than three minutes before he was talking about the gospel and getting choked up about yeah. wanting to make sure people knew about the love of Christ and yeah. what Christ did on the cross. What
1: does that mean to you now as an adult, knowing the impact yeah. that your grandfather's had yeah. on Thousands of lives yeah. that have been changed for eternity.
2: Yeah, it's touching to me to think of what he did yeah. in his lifetime, yeah. and it makes me want to do the same thing. You know, with what the ministry God has given to me to use the gifts yeah. that He's given me, and it's it's, it's an inspiring story.
1: Yeah, now, I'm going to start this, and then you can probably finish it, Kim. But so <laughs> for our listeners, so Kim's grandfather died about the same time that Billy Graham passed away. Right. And the impact that Kim's grandfather had was well, with these uh, prisoners in a southern state, and you can fill it in, Kim, led them to make a wooden casket for your grandfather, right? Tell us more about that story. Yes,
2: I think it just gives me, chills just thinking right. about it. So Billy Graham died, and his casket was made from an Angola prisoners. Yeah. And in their history, they've only made, made two caskets for people that it's because they charge for them. They made one for Billy Graham and one for my grandfather. He spent a lot of time in the last decades of his life after after 65 helping and working with the with the men of of Angola, the prisoners. And I remember standing by his casket at the at the cemetery and even the the, the people who dug the hole came to us afterwards and said i mean the joy and here's this man who was so well known he has a very simple casket and there's joy and there's he said tell me what what is going on like he even recognized something very special was going on but he didn't want anything fancy as a casket but the the angola prisoners made this casket for
1: him thanks kim for sharing that touching story of uh, first your dad and then your your grandfather. Very meaningful. And as I begin to wrap up today's conversation with Kim Algram, really there's there's one question I've been really waiting to ask and that is, Kim, when you hear the words Inside Edition,
2: (laughs) I knew you were going to go here. What
1: comes to your mind?
2: (laughs) Okay, you know, for decades, we're going to be, you're going to be a hard time about this. You got that. Okay, right. you're going to let me defend this, d- defend Defend it, right? all you okay. want. Okay, so Inside Edition contacted me. Why? To ask about my grandfather's uh, casket because they made the connection to Billy Graham and.
1: So they want to do a story on your grandfather? They
2: wanted to do a story on my okay. grandfather. Now, Unfortunately, they sent it through a message through a brand new app that I really wasn't using.
1: You don't know technology very well.
2: <laughs> I do know <laughs> technology. I just wasn't using that app. So anyway, um, un- unfortunately, I told you that two weeks later, I checked my messenger and here message, and here's this thing from Inside Edition. So I'm so sorry that we missed our moment.
1: That could have been the biggest story in the history of Cedarville University. <laughs>
2: I would have been scared spitless.
1: You would have been scared. I would have I, been scared. I would have been there with you, helping you all all the way. So
2: see, and I think they were trying to get around using the university. They wanted to get to me and not have you be the voice.
1: Yeah, but the, I don't want to be the voice. I I wanted you to share the story, <laughs> but I but it, it is a great story. It's a funny story. It's a funny story, and uh, it will be something that we uh,
2: long time from now yes. carry on. And that's okay. I can handle it.
1: And you trust me about that. I
2: trust you. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> Well, Kim, it's been a great uh, time talking with you uh, today. Um, I'm going to ask you just one one final question as we wrap up the program, and that is at the core of Cedarville Stories podcast, our purpose is to tell Cedarville stories for God's glory. So how are you bringing God glory, or how do you hope that you are bringing God glory through who you are and what you do here at Cedarville?
2: I, I really desire in my life to bring God glory through the way I leave, live my life. Yeah. Whether it's as the director of the Cove or it's these one on one moments with students mm-hmm. or in church or the community, that what I say and what I do and what I believe will that it will bring glory to God. It
1: matches up to, to God's yes. word. Yes. And how, how you are to live. Yes. Hey Kim, thanks for joining me this week on the Cedarville Stories Podcast.
0: Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.